Hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 110 of Three Point Podcast. I'm the Boomer, Ted Fattel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 Radio. On the phone is our middleman, Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network in Charlotte, North Carolina, and our brand new 21-year-old, Jared Fattel of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan, is making an in-studio appearance. So that just means you survived that 21st, right? I did. Uh, and we'll talk more about okay, that. Okay, sounds good. That's a nice tease. Thank you. Yeah, everybody wants to know about Jared's 21st, but also our partners want to know how it went. Advanced Elevator, The Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Sheridan Auction Service, The Corona Public Schools, and ProMech Engineering. Also, our online syndication teammates, Sports Radio Detroit. Never miss an episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Shoot us your comments and questions on social media at 3 Point Pod. We'll also have a special guest joining us here sometime in the podcast, Connor Muldowney of Spartan Avenue and at Saturday Blitz. We're going to talk some Spartan sports with him. I think uh, you know our Spartan fans deserve it out there, don't you think? Especially with how they've been playing um, this last couple of weeks, Michigan State basketball for sure. Yeah, Cassius Winston's uh, three-quarter court shot kind of set the stage there against Maryland. That was awesome. We're going to talk about uh, some college hoops, and we're going to be talking specifically Michigan State with Connor, and we'll also catch up on what we've all been doing this last week or so, and I know uh, it's going to be very interesting to catch up on both you guys and how your uh, last week went. We'll be right back right after this. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. 85, 90, 95, 100. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, 989-720-SELL. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan. All right. Uh, I know, Matt, you were celebrating at Disney. Jared was uh, having his 21st. Let's start with Jared because we're all dying to know at least some of the key bullet points from your big celebration. So we were talking off the pod, and hopefully me and Matt can both bring uh, some energy on today's show because when you have a nice like vacation, mine was only a few days. Matt was for a whole week in Disney, so I can't imagine how he's feeling right now. <laughs> but when you get back to work on that Monday, and that's when we're recording is a Monday, it's a lot of, man, this is depressing. Back to the regular old grind. But anyway, so I'll give one. I'll share one story that I kind of as soon as it happened, pretty much right after. I'm like, okay, I, that's that's the main takeaway from this weekend. So Friday night, it's kind of the official big night uh, for my birthday. My birthday was on Tuesday. We waited to celebrate it on uh, Friday. So I'm walking through the bar at live, and this was right around 1:30 a.m. It's my 21st birthday, so I'm not exactly fully functional. Well, let's at this let's point. make sure we set the stage for some of our listeners maybe not aware of uh, the Michigan area or Ann Arbor. You celebrated in Ann Arbor, right, mm-hmm. with all your your pals, all your yeah. Buddies. There was about there was about 12 of us the first night, and about 13 or 14 of us the second night right. total. So go ahead and continue. So at this place, and I'm kind of a like I kind of and go on my own way when I'm at the bar. Rarely is it you know I'm with the whole big group of guys or doing this or doing that. I'm kind of a lone wolf in that sense so i'm walking through the live which it's a dance floor in a bar kind of like a nightclub type atmosphere and i'm walking through and it's shoulder to shoulder in this place i got the dance floor like it's cramped Mm -hmm. you know it's like a it's like a black friday sale like the lines almost kind of what it feels like so i'm walking through and all of a sudden a hand just comes from the crowd and grabs my neck what and (laughs) and pushes me against all the way like across the the dance floor against the wall (laughs) 
And there's like hit him and his three or four other friends. And this guy is probably like 220 pounds, like solidly built guy. Okay. And he says, don't touch my girlfriend. And I'm not joking. I, I, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Like, I'm guessing that I was just pushing my way through the crowd. And this guy sees, oh, this, this, you know, small guy and says, I'm going to, I'm just going to like impress my buddies with okay. this. So him and his five buddies, they circle around me and he chokes me. To the point where I go down to the ground. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, I'm almost like holding on for dear life. None of my friends are around. And like I said, it's like I could have got jumped pretty much. Right. So finally he lets me go, I guess, in a sense. He just lets me go. He never, nothing really came of it. I have a little, have a big scratch on my neck, but that's about it. No, he didn't punch me. Okay. Uh, a few minutes later, I'm just standing there. All of a sudden, the bouncer says, "Hey, you're out of here." I, again, almost. I, I'm guessing it was his friend or right, something, right. and said, "You got to kick this guy out." So then I was escorted out of the bar, and it was an early end, around 1:30 p.m. That was the that was basically a good summation of how the two nights went right there. Wait, you said 1:30 p.m. or 1:30 1:30 a.m. Oh, okay. Saturday morning. Yep. Either I did something to this guy's girlfriend, and I completely forgot, or like I said, which is what I think happened was. I, he just kind of saw the smallest guy, and you know how when you get a couple beers and you, some people they kind of just—if you're a big guy, you kind of have to. Here's my theory: if you were pretty, <laughs> you were pretty tuned up. Your 21st birthday, right? Yeah. I mean, you probably don't remember it, but you probably grabbed his girlfriend's ass. That's my guess. <laughs> okay, that seems like a little bit of. A, I'm not gonna say that that happened. It seems like a stretch. There's also this rumor getting thrown on that I accidentally walked into the girl's bathroom and that's why I was kicked out, <laughs> which would be kind of like a, I just like to picture like I'm like so. You know, I have no idea where I'm at, and I'm just, like, walking into the bathroom, like, oh, like, I'm just, like, in the men's bathroom, going to the bathroom. Now, where was your posse? Nobody was there. That was that was a bit of a, if the tables were turned situation, where would I have been? That was kind of the, the that was kind of the uh, Uber ride home, what that was about. Well, but, Matt, I guess they didn't listen to yeah. your advice, did they? Not to kind of, I'm not, if, if somewhere, I guess I groped somebody. I would say that, okay, you deserve to get choked out. But I don't think that that's not – that doesn't seem like something I would do. But then no, again, you never – I guess you never I know. there, obviously. But for my memory and my – I went out a lot in college and yep. after college and whatever. You, The way you described it, I would say maybe you bumped into a girl. Maybe you even – you know, you're stumbling around her, a little bit. Yeah. Dance floors are always like shoulder to shoulder. You're going to bump into somebody. Maybe a little drink got spilled or something. I'm going to say you didn't. I'm not. I'm not agreeing with that. I'm going to say you didn't like walk by and grab the yeah. girl's ass. I bet you just bumped into her. He probably was already a little like he mm-hmm. had his liquid courage in. He's looking for a fight. He yep. sees you by yourself. You bumped into his girl, and he like wanted to act tough. Like that. It seems like at, out at the bar at college bars, that happens more often than not. Yeah. There's always those guys that like go looking for a fight. Yeah, we all have that friend that you just know, you know. Like, and it usually is the biggest guy in your friend group who, if literally anything at all happens, he has to kind of exert his physical dominance over someone. And, and Dad, but how about you? How little do you think of me? No, where you say, no. oh, you did this. Well, I'm That's what saying, you did. You know, when you're really lit up, who knows? I mean, you know, sometimes things ha- things like that happen. I won't say that is my 100% theory. I'm still scratching my head that oh, not God. one of your crew was around. Hey. I don't know. You Maybe rode I need Uber home by yourself. No, no, we all they all ended up, I, and I was like, I was like, and that's what I told him. I was like, you guys just go ahead, and they didn't do it, but I was like, you just go ahead, and I'll sit here on this curb until <laughs> until you guys are done in there. <laughs> but no, they all ended up coming out, and we, like I said, there was only about like twenty minutes left before they closed the place anyway. But they but, were in the bar. They were in that bar when all this happened, and not like I said, but it's saw. but imagine this. It's almost like. Like I said, you're shoulder back. to shoulder. You really can't see what happens two feet away from you. Yeah. But, yeah. but Matt, did anything yeah. like that happen? Also, oh, go ahead. Happens sometimes too in those kind of bars. Like maybe you got your eye on someone you wanted to go talk to. They're over here talking to someone. Someone's up at the bar. Someone's in the bathroom. Yep. You know, one thirty. It just kind of gets a little crazy. You get spread apart. But <laughs> it, the, the worst. That's the worst. When you're rolling with a decent crew, you said thirteen, fourteen people. You don't want to be by yourself if. Some idiots are about to try to jump. Yeah. yeah, you want poop with you. Did uh, anything like? Did you? Were you at like the uh, Tilt a Whirl ride at Disney? And did you ever get escorted from the premises this weekend? <laughs> I did not get kicked out of Disney. Uh, I feel like you'd have to do quite a bit to get kicked out of Disney. I'm sure it's happened before though. But no, we had a good time. Like you said, I'd, it was a good week off. We went down. Are, are we done with your 21st? Yeah. Do you have any more I mean, stories about your it, it was a great. I would say that's the uh, maybe the only one that I'd like to share publicly. There's been there were some other things. But know, it was a great weekend. And I know we did talk about it. You never did uh, throw up. No. So, so that's that's a key. Yeah. That, that's did good. You, we we talked about it. I don't know. Two whatever. Two pods ago. Mm-hmm. Did you get it? Did someone get you a three wise men? No. 
Thank God. Good. I, like I said, and I would have rejected it. I would have brought on the throw-up. <laughs> exactly. Now, I was going to ask, though, so before we maybe move on or whatever, I know you're at that point where maybe some of your friends aren't 21 yet, some are. Mm-hmm. are is the bulk of your like your boys that you hang out with, are they 21? Yeah, so we actually we had one who wasn't 21 who actually, because we went to Rick's, and he didn't get in. Mm-hmm. So that's how we ended up going to live okay. is because we had the one friend who couldn't get in. He ended up getting in at the all the other bars we went to. Uh, but other than that, yeah, there's only one other friend who actually didn't come because he wasn't 21, and he knew that you know being one of the only guys that wasn't 21, something like that could happen. But no, I'm like basically the second youngest guy in my friend group, so it's kind of it's sad. It's sort of yeah. sad. Like when I bought my beer for the last time, I used my fake ID, just one last you know kind of throw ride, <laughs> my fake ID one last time, and so that was a, kind of a nice little send off. Well, you got to keep that. That's a keepsake. Yep. Yep. Well, Matt, you didn't need an ID where you were at. Well, I mean, we we, yeah. we definitely did some Disney adulting for <laughs> sure. I mean, you're, there's plenty of places to take part of have, have some extracurriculars, anyway, Disney adulting because you, you need them sometimes. Walking around, listening to all the rides and other kids screaming <laughs> and just all the hectic stuff going on at Disney. But no, it was it was a good time. I mean, I, I love Disney. We've talked about it. you guys have razzed me a lot. I, I love Disney, but. I will say, not to get, like, all cheesy and everything, but it is a lot different now, like, with, with my daughter and everything and the mm-hmm. friends that we were with. They have a, a young son, too. So, like, seeing Disney, like, seeing them excited at Disney makes it, like, uh, a whole different experience. So, yeah, we went five days in a row. We were there for six or seven days or whatever. So it was it was a lot of Disney, but it was fun. Was there anything you did that was, like, you know, I've been doing this whole week, you know, a lot for my daughter, uh, Claire, like doing this or that. Was there anything you're like, I need to do this for me? Yeah, all the drinks that we had, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, it's not, we didn't, like, go crazy or whatever, but, you know, like, there's there's some places that you can get some drinks or, you know, there's some areas that are, like, set up, like, different countries. So the, the drinks and the food are, like, native to that country. So we tried out some different stuff and and enjoyed some beverages for sure but there was one point me and like the the guys i guess the the girls took the kids back to where we were staying to like get them cleaned up and stuff for the night and we went out and got pizza and mm-hmm. we were waiting for the pizza at the bar and we were sitting there we were going to just wait for the pizza but we were like what are we doing we ended up having like two or three beers because we were like we're sitting here let's let's have some beers so we sent them a picture we sent the girls a picture like I, we swear the pizza's not done yet, and we got back there all pissed or like, whatever. But, <laughs> did did you ride? It was a good time. I know you hate uh, Star Wars, but there's a brand new Star Wars ride. Did you end up getting on it? There, well, there's a brand new Star Wars like whole area, like uh-huh. a whole part of at the Hollywood Studios Park. Um, called galaxy's edge but yeah i don't hate star wars i've just never gotten into it i can appreciate the people who love it you know i know they're great movies all of that i'm just not i'm not into it i just haven't watched them but i would definitely go there we we didn't go to that park um but I, if we did go to that park i would go check it out because i'm sure it's amazing just like i'm not into harry potter but at the universal studios parks there's the whole harry potter land mm-hmm. and people said it's amazing so i would definitely go check that out um, I'm just not going to, like, go out of my way. People, you have to, like, some of those rides, you have to wait, like, three hours for them. You have to get to the park an hour or two before the park opens to try and get into that area to get on the ride. I'm not about to do that. I'll I'll wait till it slows down a little bit, and then I'll go check it out. But I, I don't know. It, it would be cool because people said it's, it's definitely, like, authentic to mm-hmm. the Star Wars movies. So it probably would be really cool. Yeah, I had someone tell me that it was, quote, unquote, life-changing. Really? He said that it was, like... He, he was almost, like, about to cry because he's like, this is everything I picture. Because it's basically, like, model size, like, you're going through the Death Star at Star Wars with the giant, you know, four. They're called AT-ATs. You probably don't know that. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Either. Yeah, but, but you know, those sort of the things and lightsaber duels and everything. People say it's wild. Have you, I've been telling you what. You, you Have you ever been to Disney? or were When I was, uh, yeah, like a little kid, I was, I think, five years old. Okay. And then Matt got the, like you said, Matt, I mean, it was just a tremendous experience with your daughter. How old is she now? Is she four or five? A little over four, so she's okay. definitely get to that age where she's really excited about everything. I mean, I saw some of the postings on Facebook. You you did it up right, that's for sure. And I know, you know, you make your career at ESPN, which is obviously uh, a Disney company. How great is that perk that you get to use where you get to go down there and, you know, discount on lodging, get in the parks for free? It allows you to buy all that merch that I saw you posting there online. Yeah, no, it makes it it makes it so much easier because, I mean, we were thinking about it. If it. So there's, like, different levels of tickets. The most expensive ticket, because they, they just raised the prices recently, the most expensive level of ticket, I guess, if you want to call it that, is, like, 
two hundred and thirty bucks for one day for one person. Wow! That lets, that lets <laughs> you like bounce around to all the parks if you can in one day, um, which is impossible. So, yeah, that, it would almost be impossible to try and actually get your money's worth out of that. But let's just say two hundred bucks. That's so. There's three of us because we'd have to buy my daughter a ticket now. She's above the age. Oh wow! That's almost like six hundred bucks <laughs> per day that we would have to pay just to get in the parks. So we went six days. I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> like, it almost makes it, like, not affordable if you mm-hmm. want to, like, go for that stretch of time. Unless you want to, like, max out a credit card or something right. like that. But, so, anyway, yes, to answer your question, the, the the perk that we get makes it very nice. Yeah, and, I mean, it's a great place to go, especially with a young daughter, young kid. I mean, it's magical. It really is. And, I mean, there's there's so much to see in the adults. There's fun stuff for the adults, like you said. Yeah, the, the rides, are, I mean, there obviously there's some that are very kid. It's all about the kids. But there's adult rides. There's some decent roller coasters, too, if you're into that. The shows are always, like, top-notch. The the music, the performances, the fireworks, all of that, the drinks, the food is all amazing. Like, it's honestly, like, I think some people think, oh, it's Disney, it's all about the kids, but it is actually, like, pretty fun for the adults. And then definitely, like, if you're into Star Wars or if you're into some of that stuff, it's definitely worth going. And, you know, I, I life-changing, maybe just because I'm not a Star Wars guy, I don't necessarily, <laughs> I'm not going to go that far, but... Um, it would definitely be cool to see if you're a Star Wars person. I always enjoyed Space Mountain myself. That was that was fun. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, it, it's a good time. I, I'm biased. I, I love it. But Jared, again, if you ever want to go, I, I can hook you up with some tickets. If you <laughs> you and some buddies, you know, ever want to go down there, if you ever get a, a, a lady friend that you want to take to Disney, just let me know. Hey, the hell with Jared. Don't forget the old guy here. <laughs> oh yeah, if you ever want to take the grandkids, let me know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll remember that. We got it on. You know, there is no way you would ever get your grandkids that gift. You're a cheapo. Oh, well, he just offered it. Admission. Oh wow, <laughs> that's a hell of a deal. Yeah. Uh, where'd you stay at, Matt? Did you stay at one of the Disney uh, hotels? No, this time we actually stayed. Uh, the friends that we were with, they have an aunt that lives in Kissimmee, like mm-hmm. 20, 20, 30 minutes outside of Orlando. Um, so we did, we stayed there just because they let us stay for free. Nice. So we got we got to stay there for free. We got into the parks for free. I mean, it's still once you start buying food and drinks and souvenirs and stuff, it definitely still adds up. But the free lodging and the free admission uh, made it made it very nice. And we always, we always say maybe I've told this story before. I said this, but it's always funny to see like the people who have paid for all their admissions and everything you can tell they're trying to like max out all their time at the park oh yeah like they're telling their kids they're like we paid for this we're going if if it's raining we're going (laughs) we go we kind of like we get there you know we at nine ten whenever it opens if if the kids kind of start getting a little tired it's kind of like all right yeah we can we can take off you know we're not trying to like we didn't just drop six seven hundred bucks just to get into the park, so that, it makes it like a little more laid back. Absolutely, you know. Speaking of laid back, I'll I'll just interject this that Jared and I just came across this weekend thanks to his dad. We're going down to the Tigers opening day, and we're also going to a June thirteenth Saturday game down there. Get this, Matt. Twenty nine dollars for both. Both games for twenty nine bucks, including opening day. How desperate are they to get? Yeah, that the, you're, I thought I thought when you were saying that, I thought you were going to spin it like, "What a great deal!" But no, it's more of a desperation. But it is a great deal too. I mean, we're going to go down and uh, Jared, you've never done opening day. I've only been to maybe three, four pit, to our Tigers games in my life. I haven't been to one probably in seven, eight years. Opening day is a holiday in Detroit. It is unbelievable. It, it's going to be a great atmosphere. You'll fall right in the line. It's going to be eight of us, Matt, all family members. We're going to down early and going to do it upright and hopefully they'll have their act together where the uh, gambling sports booking yeah. will be uh, up and running and we'll, we'll go partake at one of the casinos as well so you may see a special uh, three-point podcast video with Jared and I that day heck yeah we'll have to do one especially like you said the, the Tigers stink we all know that yeah but it's still opening day opening day is still awesome it sure is so we're looking forward to that um, we're also looking forward here on this podcast to talk a little college basketball and I think we're caught up to date now on our personal lives before we talk a little hoops just want to tell you about the Corona Connection they know it's great to be gold the Corona Connection.com you can keep up to date on all that is Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. And also Advanced Elevator Company features top expert field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators. An area business leader and longtime supporter of the Corona Public Schools and a proud partner of Three Point Podcast. And one other quick message I want to get out for you. You know, we always are looking for fun. In fact, uh, Jared, I know you have a... 
some uh, certificates to go to one of our favorite places, Rivals Tap House and Grill. That's the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Over 20 high-def TVs, awesome food and drink, all kinds of big events. In fact, uh, Matt over there sent me a little flyer with some of the different events coming up. Just some coming up is uh, Shy town a v- real popular band, is going to be there on the 7th of March. you got the Big Ten Basketball Tourney, the 11th through the 15th. And, of course, we all know about March Madness great spot to go down there and catch games. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill. Speaking of great games, you know, maybe we should just start with uh, Michigan State Spartans. We're going to have our special guest to talk specifically about the Spartans, but how good did they look against Maryland? They're turning it on at the right time, right? Obviously, that game was on Leap Day. That was on February 29th, but a lot of people were saying it's basically March when Izzo and Michigan State usually turn it on, and they they were kind of stumbling a little bit, you know, the last few weeks where Michigan was on like a five-game win streak. It seemed like Michigan State was slipping a little bit, and now both teams have kind of turned it around. So, yeah, that was a huge win on the road because Maryland had beat Michigan State in East Lansing a couple weeks ago. So it was like a statement win for Michigan State, I'd say. Isn't it funny how I feel like if we would have had a re- recording during our, our off week last week, it would have been how Michigan's playing right at the right time. Michigan State's playing their worst basketball at the wrong time. Yeah. And now it's it's funny how just how one week can completely change how you feel. It's almost like I think it's because it's like a placebo effect with Michigan State where they had a couple like in Izzo's early days, a kind of like where they somehow just miraculously turn it on during March. But now I think it's something with the fan base, the coaches, and the players where they think there's something about putting on that Michigan State jersey as soon as it hits March that they are just like the, one of the best teams in the country. I mean, how else do you explain it's them the quick turnaround? It's hard to argue that. I mean, it, it, and you know, they play that tough schedule early on in the season specifically for this and how many times have we seen it? Year in and year out, they seem to be peaking at the right time and they do seem to have a good combination right now. You know, they're playing good. Winston's uh, back to normal and Tillman's on fire. You know, ever yeah. since he got dissed on, you know, to be in one of the best defensive players in the country. He's just been turning it on on both sides of the court. Maybe it was just the fact that he had his son born, and now he's just ready to roll. I don't know, but he's playing good basketball right now. Yeah, he's playing well. Malik Hall came in, and he, he's playing well, too. So, I mean, yeah, they're they're clicking at the right time. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at their schedule right now. They finish at Penn State. Penn State's playing well. They're, they're a good team. And then home against Ohio State. So, two, I mean, they're winnable games for Michigan State for sure, but two pretty tough games for Michigan State to finish the year. And, you know, on the flip side, Michigan finishes with Nebraska, definitely winnable, and then at Maryland, mm. who is still top ten, even after losing to Michigan State. So, so yeah, it could, like you said, Jared, if we would have recorded last week, Michigan would have been coming off that five-game win streak, and Michigan State would have been coming off a few losses. We probably would have been saying we're kind of feeling better about Michigan. But now, like a week later, after Michigan basically gets stomped by Wisconsin and then Ohio State, and I don't know what you guys think. Like, Livers just doesn't look healthy right now. No. I feel a little better about Michigan State right now going into the Big Ten yep. tournament. And, and you mentioned Xavier Tillman earlier, Ted. It, 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 he had 14, 12, and 6. I mean, when Xavier Tillman's dishing out six assists yeah. and Michigan State's hitting 12 threes, uh, 12 out of 20, I mean, that's like if Michigan State can hit threes, they honestly, like to God, are probably a top three or four team in the entire country. Right. But it, it, the Xavier Tillman thing kind of reminds me of, if you remember, Michigan's first like big tournament run with Trey Burke, where he really did, like Mitch McGarry became one of the best centers in the country like right before March Madness started and carried out throughout the whole tournament, I wouldn't be surprised if we see like sort of a similar trajectory like from our Xavier Tillman. Very possible. And we'll get some thoughts from Connor Muldowney when he joins us here in just a little bit. So let's switch it over to Michigan. What do you think is going on with the Wolverines right at the moment? Is it, like Matt said, liver still maybe banged up? I mean, is it, who's the guy wearing the nose guard? Is that Brooks? Brooks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, he, he was one of those. He was just like a, a solid role player. He hasn't been like – Necessary. He, he doesn't put up like huge numbers, but he's definitely one of the better defensive guards Michigan has. So they they definitely need him healthy. Hopefully his nose that, that doesn't like bother him through the rest of March or whatever. But the biggest thing to me, I mean, Liver's health is huge. But John Teske yeah. just I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if he's just not feeling good. You know, he's not like seeing. He's not shooting the ball well. But his play has slipped a lot to the point where. I know he's a senior, a ton of experience. He's got that size. He's a mismatch as far as size goes, basically against anyone. But I'm to the point where I don't know if they should not necessarily bench him, but, I mean, 
put Brandon Johns in to start at the five because he's a little more athletic. He gets more rebounds. I mean, Franz Wagner gets more rebounds than John Teske, and it's like Teske didn't get his first rebound yesterday against Ohio State till like eight minutes left in the second half. And it's like, dude, you're seven foot. How are you not getting more rebounds? I just yeah. Do you think there's to me? I don't. There's no one that. That's the thing with benching it. It's like who do you you can't really bench him for any. I mean, there's really no one behind him. And I think like I think we'd all like to see like a small ball lineup where Johns would move to the center, and then you'd have Wagner and and Livers and into Julius and Simpson or or something along those lines. But Johns hasn't really kind of you know stepped forward and shown that he's been able to to take that role. It's just at, I, they at really struggle as at times. But just inconsistent. He's always in foul trouble. He's right. always you know he still has another couple years to develop. But it's like it's just at this point. They just struggle to score so much, and you just know, just like we saw last year's tournament team, and that team had a lot more offensive talent than this one does, and I just really worry that we're going to have a game where they just really struggle to score. You know, it's it's funny. It is funny on timing because we would definitely not be having this conversation from two weeks ago, right? So, I mean, can't they turn it around? Can't I mean, Teske played pretty well, I thought, early in the season. Can't they make a make a a move with the with the new players they have? Or you you think it's just a done? Deal? So their seed just keeps dropping. The it latest lo, the latest projection I saw is them as a six seed, um, with a potential matchup against the number three seed Duke, uh, in Tampa Bay. I just worry. I really worry about a six seed Michigan. I really do, I would be. I don't see them as a, a second weekend team right now. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's timing. I know that it's this or not. But but, but we've seen these problems and we've they've kind of shocked us that they're even. As good as they are at this point, True. I mean, it, they kind of shocked us right off the gate with the win in, in battle for Atlantis, and then since then, I mean, kind of up and down. But I just, I really do think that there are some problems. If Xavier Simpson can somehow channel, you know, Shabazz Napier, Kemba Walker type thing, then I think they might have potential to make make a run to a Elite Eight, Final Four. But the way that he's playing and the way that Michigan's playing right now, I don't see it. Yeah, that's what's crazy. Is do you remember a couple of years ago, Duncan Robinson? There was that stat going on when they made the run to the um, national championship game. They were they were like twenty nine and zero if he scored yeah. six points or more in a game. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah. Yep. But there's kind of a stat that's like the opposite with Xavier Simpson. If he shoots the ball thirteen times or more, they're zero and five. So like. Like against Wisconsin, you know, he went off for whatever, like 34 points. It was awesome. He basically kept them in that game. But I don't know what you guys think. As much as it's cool to see him scoring and rolling, driving to the hoop, but, like, he's better off, I feel like, when he's distributing, when he's driving and kicking it out for a three, when he's setting Teske up for an easy basket, when he's setting guys up for easy baskets. If we're like – I know what you're saying, Jared, with having him get on, like, a a Kemba Walker type of run – I don't know if you can like rely on Xavier Simpson to like carry Michigan to the Sweet 16. I mean, I, I feel like if this team is going to be a second weekend team, they need Livers to be healthy and start scoring again. Maybe Wagner really steps up and has that like Mitch McGarry, like you said, turns it on for the tournament. But I, I like Simpson a lot, but I don't know if you can rely on him to score 25, 30 a night to carry the team. Yeah, I mean, when was the last time you saw a guy? And I know that there's like, oh, like his percentages from three really aren't that bad. But like, just can you imagine like a one shining moment where it's like him winding up and burying a three? Just, I just can't picture it. No, right. he can't shoot. And it's funny because I remember one of my favorite bets from Vegas. I think Michigan was plus like, man, it was something like five thousand to win the championship. And I, and, it, and it's one of those things like you know, close your eyes, you can really kind of picture like just like the Steve Fisher like first year coach at Michigan, like right. Juwan Howard, like you know the the great the story that yeah, the magic, something something about it. And I still think that that could somehow happen. Maybe that's just because I'm a biased Michigan fan. But from what I've seen on the court, they are not a second weekend team. Right. I really think that they're win win a game, have some fun, maybe you know go back and forth with a Duke type team for a little while before bowing out. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's keep an eye on um, the legalized sports betting here. If they get it in place down in Detroit before March Madness starts, let's make a run down there. Let's just, for for Michigan, you're saying? Well, man, I might put some money on Michigan State too. <laughs> well, I you think know, that put I, a ten dollar bet down. You know, how do whatever we, the odds are? So here's the like, and it's what's weird for all of us is we have been kind of been bad mouthing the whole Big Ten. Right. I mean, I think we both can agree that Michigan and Michigan State are both worse this year than they were last season. I think that that's pretty dang clear. Yeah, and and, so. and yet they're still like kind of near the top of the Big Ten. Like Michigan State, probably the best team in the Big Ten still. And yet, and so when they have wins against Maryland, like we say, oh, that's like such a huge win. 
and we just and we wonder about Michigan, like how they've had some big wins in the Big Ten. It's kind of the Big Ten's just beating up each other, and I don't think that this the same conference that we kind of joke about all the time. They haven't won a, a championship in twenty years. Yeah, like how and we yet we kind of rise the teams who win in the Big Ten and like kind of shit on the teams that lose in the Big Ten. Like I don't understand how you can praise a team that's like dominating the Big Ten. Well, let me ask you this though. You know, we're we're sitting here in the middle of Big Ten country, right? But I I know nationally the Big Ten is thought of this year as a good conference. I don't I, very good. That's Ten what, teams going to probably make the I, tournament. Isn't that like and that's what kind of surprises me. Yeah. Honestly, and and I feel like that's what a lot of people go off of and, and myself included when I see, you know, a lot of the big time ESPN guys are here or there who say like, you know, the Big Ten's really good this year. It always it always screws me in the tournament though, you know, because well, it's, yeah. it's teams that we watch all the time. We always overvalue what they are, and I just I think we are kind of doing that right now with this because I think Maryland's a fraud. I really do. Like, well, I'm do- definitely with you. I, I think it it might also come down to I think we talked about it on a previous pod. I I wonder if it, like the Big Ten style of play sometimes doesn't translate into the the NCAA tournament. You know, you see a yep. lot of the Big Ten does have a lot of big guys who like dominate down in the post. And it just seems like March Madness, the NCAA tournament, it's like it's all about guard play. That's why like Cassius Winston can carry a team. That's why Trey Burke, Kemba Walker, these guys can like carry a team to the final four. And a lot of the Big Ten teams are built on like post play and having dominant big guys and you know, I don't know if that translates. I think yeah, like you said, they just beat up on each other. I you know, I saw someone talking about who what Big Ten teams will make it to the Elite Eight or to the Final Four. And some people were throwing around Maryland, Michigan State, and some people were saying Ohio State because they have a lot of scoring. But I don't. I, I'm kind of with you. I think Maryland's kind of a fraud. If if I had to pick anyone, I probably would pick Michigan State just because yeah. of like you guys said how, how Winston and Tillman are playing, and then obviously Izzo. Yeah. But I also see them because I've seen them play really bad this year too. And if they get a bad matchup, we all know the NCAA tournament's all about matchups. If Michigan State gets a bad matchup, I could see them losing in the second round. So. And if Michigan gets good matchups and has, like, a hot weekend where they're shooting well, they can make it to the Sweet 16. So, I have no idea. <laughs> and that's the thing that's important with the – I mean, Michigan State has the ability – like, right now they would say they're probably a four seed. But if they, if, they, if they run the table, I mean, Matt was saying how they have two, like, top 25 games coming up next, like, next, in the next and week. And then they have big – like, they could easily be a two seed. Uh, but when this is all said and done, and seeding is so important in the tournament, where like you said, if you're a Michigan who's a six or a seven, like that, it's it's a it's a, death, it's a death run. It is. That's going to be tough for him for sure. All right. Well, we're going to check in with Connor Muldowney and talk a little bit more specifically about the Spartans. Before we check in with him, though, I just want to remind you about a great spot to pick up some great deals. Go online at SheridanAuctionService.com for info on upcoming auctions. The auction house packed with all kinds of great items. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com and sign up for email notifications or call Troy Crow at 989-720-SELL for other details. Well, like I said, guys, next up we have a special guest, Connor Muldowney of Spartan Avenue and at Saturday Blitz. Uh, he is one of our Michigan State experts. We'll call you that tonight anyway, Connor. Well, welcome <laughs> to the podcast. We want to we get your viewpoint right now. We talked a little bit about it before we got you on, but Michigan State uh, has been playing pretty good basketball recently. Uh, it's that time of year again. I mean, you hear it every year, but you kind of don't want to bring up that March and, you know, is out there, yep. but it seems to be at the same time as last year and the year before where they're just playing their best basketball at the right time. So we, we've talked about it a few times throughout this season, especially maybe during those little stretches that Michigan State was struggling a little bit, that we were really seeing that team missing a guy like Matt McQuaid, Kenny Goins, and some of those really good role players that really helped them make that Final Four run last year. So obviously you got Winston and Tillman, those guys you know what you can count on. Who are the guys that you think are really stepping up right now that are going to help them maybe make a little run in March? I think the obvious one has got to be Rocket Watts. If you watch him play, he doesn't look like a freshman anymore. In the beginning of the season, he kind of looked a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say lacking confidence, but I would mm-hmm. say he just he made some silly mistakes that he's not making anymore. He's got more confidence in his shot. You see him driving to the hoop, making little runners. He's not afraid to take the big shot at the big time, and it's happened a couple times in the last few weeks, which has been huge for State. His offense has taken a lot of pressure off of Winston. He can run the point. 
I think he's one of the main reasons for this turnaround. But then you also have Aaron Henry stepping up, and he's been much more consistent over the past four or five games. And then you see a guy that not many people are talking about coming off the bench, like a, a Kyle Arndt, who's he comes in, you don't hear much about him. Nobody really thinks to cover him that well, and he, he drains a, a couple big three-pointers that maintains momentum like he did at Maryland. So there, there's been a lot of debate uh, amongst people who are who are big-time Michigan State fans and people who, who maybe aren't as big fans about Izzo's kind of personality and quote-unquote like like antics on the sidelines during game. Like, What do you think about like when he gets into a player's face and like really yells at him? Are you okay with that? When he gets into the players' faces, I think that he recruits the types of guys who can handle that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the big moment last year, obviously, was the Aaron Henry sideline fiasco where being a fan and watching Izzo for 20 years, I've seen stuff like that happen, like even going two games. It's stuff that happens like that, like blow-ups on the sideline that cameras won't catch because they're not looking for it. Mm-hmm. So the camera happened to be on him during one of these, and people who weren't used to seeing it just it, it kind of got blown out of proportion i'm okay with it as long as obviously because it would never hurt a player and people yeah. are like oh well he had to be restrained he wasn't going to put his hands on aaron henry mm-hmm. it's it's not the best look but it's also it's his coaching style and that's what i mean michigan state fans have grown to they've become used to that kind of thing and you you saw Many players, like former players, not even Michigan State players, defending Izzo, saying that they wish that they got coached like that. So, no, it's it's more so him getting in the ref's ear all game that mm-hmm. I'm kind of sick of. I cringe at something. Yeah. And, and that's another thing that the cameras just they focus on him a lot, and it's because it gets the viewers and it gets talked about and people tune in. Well, I'll tell you what, he has earned the respect, I guess, from the referees because I I can tell you just watching him. Especially recently, he's really intense with the refs, and that, but they give him a break, I think, just because of his longevity and you know his personality. And he's one of these guys that will chew a ref's ass, but then he's he talks nice to him. You know, he knows how to play the game. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, you can tell that he's developed relationships with these guys. Like they're not just you know a new guy coming in refing and he's getting in their ear. Like if that was the case, they would probably tee him up right away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's earned the respect and. He knows, I'm sure they tell him, you keep going like this and I'm going to tee you up. So they probably tell him to shut up a couple times, but yeah, that's not something that you see with, you know, like the younger guys, like, I don't know, an Archie Miller or someone. He, he, he got tossed, I know, his brother got tossed in but he's kind of the same way where, you know, if he gets fired up like that in the rough face, he's going to get a tee real quick. Yep. Well, take a look right now as we head down the stretch, the last week of the regular season and then the Big Ten tournament coming up and obviously the big dance after that. How are you feeling uh, where these Spartans are right at the moment, and, and what do you expect? If you asked me that question two weeks ago, <laughs> I would have told you that they were a first-round exit team. I would have said they would have been in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten, maybe not even probably getting the single bye, mm-hmm. not even flirting with the double bye in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, now just because they've looked like a completely different team. They have the look of that maybe not quite as good as the preseason number one team, but they look like a Final Four caliber team. Not saying that they're going to make it, but they look much more polished. The game against Maryland kind of solidified that. As for Big Ten tournament, I think that they expect every year to at least make a run at the, the championship game, and I don't see why that would be an issue, but I think the Big Ten is just loaded this year. So getting that double buy is huge because, you know, it might be a, a one one and done type of deal for a lot of the big dogs in the Big Ten tournament. So you mentioned how the Big Ten is kind of loaded. Who who do you think is, like, maybe behind Michigan State? I would say they're probably the front runner to make a, a run to the Final Four. Behind them, who do, is it Ohio State, Maryland, like Michigan? Who do you think is the number two team? Number two, oh, man. Well, I'm not sold at State as one. I would say Maryland's still probably in that top spot just Lately, there's a good five or six teams from the Big Ten that I could see making a run. I could see Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, Iowa is scary. Penn State can turn it on on the, on the flip of uh, the switch. Illinois is scary. I'm not 100% sold on Ohio State or Wisconsin, but I think that they I mean, they both have been playing out of their minds lately. Mm-hmm. So there's a good five or six teams that could make a Final Four run. We were talking earlier about this topic right here, about the Big Ten. And what do you think about 
I guess, the Big Ten style of play. Do you think it's something that we were talking about how the conference, they're just kind of beating up on each other. Maryland has kind of separated themselves, and then even Michigan State with this late late push. Do you think the conference actually is is as good nationally as some people think, or especially Big Ten fans think? Or do you think it's just really uh, an average or above average, a pretty good conference with a lot of teams that are just kind of losing in the second round or Sweet 16 teams? There aren't any dominant Big Ten teams this year as opposed to, you know, the past four or five years. But this is probably as deep as I can remember it being. Uh, I mean, I've followed college basketball mm-hmm. since I can remember, so I, I don't remember it being quite this deep, and I think it doesn't get the respect it deserves just because everybody's always been on the ACC train, and even though ACC is having a down year, it's like, okay, well, maybe the Big 12 is better than the Big Ten. So I think people just look for reasons to not, say that the Big Ten is the best conference for some reason or another. And I don't think that's fair because up until like last week, I think 12 teams were projected to get a tournament bid or some ridiculous number. <clears throat> not not every conference has that kind of depth. And it's there's only two teams that are almost sure wins. And that's, that also is super rare in college basketball. Yeah, I mean, I think we were talking about it when we were talking about college basketball, and I think it was Jared was saying that, kind of like what you're talking about, I don't know if people try not to sell the Big Ten too high because what is it, every year it seems like it's it's Purdue or maybe it is Michigan mm-hmm. State or maybe it's Michigan's year or maybe this year it's supposed to be Maryland's. And, it, it, I mean, what, Jared's talked about it a lot. Michigan State's the last Big Ten team to win a national title, and that was 20 years ago. So, like, Michigan State's got Cassius Winston. You know, he's he's the guy that can carry a team to the Final Four. But like, do you really trust a Maryland or an Illinois? I mean, even Michigan with the way they're kind of struggling right now. Rutgers or I mean, like Penn State. Uh, you know, like when you start throwing yeah. around these teams, do you really trust any of these teams outside of maybe Michigan State to make a run? It's tough because I, I agree with what you're saying because you fill out the brackets every year, and last year Purdue was like that. That pick that everybody kind of had as a sleeper to make the Final Four, and they, they made a deep run. But you just kind of had in the back of your mind that you knew that they weren't going to be able to close out the deal. And I don't know if that's just years of the same thing happening over and over and fans getting used to seeing Michigan State in the Final Four or Michigan in a championship game. or You know, you don't see Wisconsin or you never see Penn State or Iowa. Those teams just have been recently historically not great in the tournament so yeah that's probably turned a lot of people off to the Big Ten it's kind of what happened with college football is you know Big Ten hadn't won a championship in so long and people just kind of overlooked them mm-hmm. so that definitely plays a role into why the Big Ten doesn't get as much credit as it deserves so the the last two national champions have won the Battle for Atlantis basketball tournament and that's what Michigan won so but they're they're looking horrible right now uh, so what do you think their biggest problem is, and is it possible? Could they turn it on uh, within the, over the next couple of weeks? Absolutely. Um, their biggest problem, it's tough to pinpoint one thing because I try to do the same thing with State when they're looking shaky. Mm-hmm. They, they're not playing the same basketball that got them into the hot stretch. The, the past two games, obviously they had Eli Brooks out for a game um, that hurt them defensively, but Isaiah Livers just hasn't looked – I don't want to say healthy because I don't know if he is or isn't. But he, he probably isn't. But he just he hasn't attacked or looked for his own shot as much. Mm-hmm. And I think that Michigan needs that because they've been relying way too heavily on Simpson to, to get to the lane and score buckets. And that's not really his game. He's trying to he's trying to create for other guys, and that's he's become more of the scorer. And I don't think and I think that actually wears on him defensively a little bit because he's too busy worrying about you know how many points mm-hmm. he's going to put up on offense to keep his team in the game. I, I just think that the the balance scoring, that and, and John Teske has been a ghost. Um, I yeah. know you guys probably know all about that. Oh, yeah. Austin Davis has looked like he sucked all the, the talent out of John Teske's <laughs> face jam style. It's actually kind of crazy to watch. But having Teske play like he should be playing is also another thing. And they were, I mean, Michigan was playing good even when Teske was struggling, so that's not the main problem. There's just a lot of little things that they can correct, and I think that they definitely can make a run in March because they're basically, you know, they have the same pieces that they've had under Beeline that, you know, that made them so successful. Connor, we have a few more questions for you. Before we get to that, though, uh, tell us a little bit about Spartan Avenue and uh, Saturday Blitz. 
Yeah, sure. Uh, Spartan Avenue is it's a site on fansided.com. It's it's like a branch of it, and it focuses on Michigan State, mostly football and basketball. But if I ever have contributors that want to write about you know baseball, soccer, any of that stuff, hockey, we definitely welcome that. But we try to give the the best opinion. Sometimes they're not right. A lot of the times they're not right, but we do our best. And uh, Saturday Blitz is is the same through the same company, Fansided. And it covers all of college football. So if you're looking for college football news, opinions, anything, we got you covered over there. Sounds really good. So you, you mentioned uh, you get into some football. Uh, thoughts on the new hire and the whole D'Antonio deal when he left? The D'Antonio news was, was shocking. Um, I remember getting a text from one of my friends, and I was like, eh, I don't think that's real. <laughs> and two hours later, it became official, and he tweeted out, honestly, you kind of saw it coming. Antonio looked a little worn at that point. At the, at the end of the season, you could just kind of tell he was he wasn't really in the right mindset anymore. And, and fans were kind of turning on him a little bit, whether it's fair or unfair. The program wasn't headed in the right direction. So the timing that he did it was not great. But I think with that timing, hiring Mel Tucker it was a home run. And I don't I know he has only one year under his belt, but I think that's such a big hire for the bad timing that it was. And then he's just every – I can't complain about any of his his staff hires either. I think he's done a great job. But obviously it's kind of a wait-and-see game until he actually proves it on the field. Yeah. Well, the Courtney Hawkins hire, I think it's a good hire, but Jared has pointed out before he beat Courtney Hawkins in football twice, right, Jared? Yeah. If you saw me, you would – You would. That, I think that might uh, affect your opinion on the uh, Courtney Hawkins hire of the wide receiver coach position. Uh, I, I'm thinking differently about him now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Matt, do you have anything else? Yeah, I was just going to kind of to piggyback off of that. I mean, you're, you're saying you're pretty happy with all the hires, especially given the timing of everything. It's hard to expect a ton of, like, home run hires at the time that he had. What are your kind of your, like, short-term expectations? The roster is maybe a little rough. The re- recruiting's not the best. So is this, this is definitely a rebuilding year. You know, are you expecting maybe, like, three to six wins and then looking to – the 2021 season is that kind of your expectations right now yeah it's hard to judge him like it it wouldn't be a fair judgment off of this first season just because of the recruiting hasn't been great over the past few years so he's he's inheriting a class that's ranked i think like 45th which is horrendous but for the first year i would say i would say five wins should be where he you know he should have a five and seven season i think that's kind of a lot of people's expectation Anything more is just kind of icing on the cake. Making a bowl game would be huge. 2021, I think, if he wins, if he makes a bowl this year in his first year, recruiting should pick up instantly, I would think. I'm expecting top 30-ish classes from him consistently, whereas D'Antonio was anywhere from 25 to 40. I think he'll be a better recruiter, and I think that he's got the right mindset as a coach, but... He needs to, you know, build it little by little instead of trying to hit a home run right mm-hmm. off the bat. So yeah, I think five wins would be would be respectable throughout the fan base, at least the the logical fan base who knows that it's not going to be a great year for Michigan State. That voice, Connor Muldowney. Connor, before we wrap up, tell our listeners again the best spots where they can follow you. You can follow me at, at Connor Muldowney. It's uh, C-O-N-N-O-R-M-U-L-D-O-W-N-E-Y or at Spark Avenue or the Saturday Blitz on Twitter. Outstanding. Well, I hope you don't mind. We'll check in with you periodically, see what's going on with the Spartans. Sometimes we are, I just will say it, a little slanted toward the Wolverines, so it's nice to get the other side of the coin on here with us. Sounds good to me. All right, Connor. Thanks for the time, man. We'll check in with you later. Thanks for having me. All right, great stuff there from Connor. We'll keep up to date on all the Michigan State Spartan stuff with him. And we're going to also wrap up this program with a few things that we got to get on the table. Before we do, just want to tell you about Card Service Michiana. They offer the best credit card setup and equipment for both new and existing merchants. Guaranteed to save you money. No contract, no monthly minimums, or early termination fees. Contact us here at Three Point Pod for details. Also, check out the ProMech Pros for any industrial field service projects, either large or small. ProMech Engineering specializes in turnkey installations, startups, and specialty plastic fabrication. For more details, go online at pro-mac.com or hit us up right here at Three Point Pod. Okay, guys, uh, you know, my uh, fun time of the season's coming up, the tournaments, the girls' 
High school basketball tournament starts this week. The boys uh, tip off next week. In fact, we're doing the entire district over at Corona, Ovid, Elsie, and Duran. The first game at 5.30 on Monday night, followed by Perry against Chesanine. And then on Wednesday night, ironically enough, the Cavaliers got a bye, and the Owasso Trojans got a bye. Uh, there's been some controversy going on with the brand-new format by the MHSAA, and uh, they've decided to go with seedings in each district, but just for the first and second team to be seeded, and they don't get the automatic buys. Thoughts on that at all? Uh, I'm scratching my head here. What what the hell did you just say? <laughs> it really oh. makes no... And it's it, they're a lot like it feels like with like a lot of like basketball football leagues like where they take like the the smallest of possible steps without just kind of fixing it with one quick move. That's a you perfect know, description for it, it, brother. It's like they, it's like they do enough just to kind of quiet people for a little bit, and then now they're we're already like kind of angry again. It seems so simple. Like doesn't don't they don't you feel like if they just had like one of us three like in that room, like someone would be like, wait, why don't we just give the one and two seed like the buys? Like doesn't that just make it just makes too much sense like why do they not do that well and again i'm not i don't want to come off like i'm defending the mhsa but they 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 put these like 80 people together different athletic directors coaches and they get them all together for a confab and this is what they came up with i don't it's a it's a compromise thing i agree with you how hard is it if if you are truly gonna get on one and two seed in each district and you're using a computerized system, you know? Yeah. Why don't you just seed the districts? Yeah, just seed the whole thing. Yeah, it, seed, seed the districts. Give the first first and second seeds the buys if they're available, just like you would in any other tournament. Maybe once you get to the regionals, it's just the draws. Of yeah, the exactly. That's the way, exactly it, the way it, it should be. normal. So I agree with you. I don't, I don't know why it's such a baby step. Did they, like, issue uh, an official statement? Did they have an explanation? Yeah, the explanation is, like I said, there was 80 different uh, administrators got together, and they just the only thing they wanted to do was have the number one seed and the number two seed on opposite side of the brackets. That's it. Buy's not involved. It's just one on one side, two on the other side, and then it's just a draw. And I know that even like the NCAA tournament has its flaws. Now, the, a lot of those flaws are whether or not a team makes the bracket or not, and obviously if you seeded the entire thing, uh, that would have some flaws. Right. But it, but this just seems like so, and it probably isn't that big of a deal. I mean, if you're the number one or the two seed, you probably are going to win face that. More yeah, more than likely face each other. But still, it's just one of those things that, where fatigue now plays a factor, and 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 you don't have as much time to prepare, and, and this and that, and it, it's just, it, it affects it. And or, it just seems so obvious. Or if a load Low-seated team, you Upsets like the you. way I segue into this. If a low-seated team has the bye <laughs> and takes on the number one team and then stalls and holds the ball yeah, and then pulls off a 10-9 win or something. So this has been a big problem, because I think it was a tweet we tweeted a lot about Three Point Podcast and went back and forth, where an Ohio sectional game, mm-hmm. uh, the score at halftime was 6-4. to four. Right. And a lot of people are complaining, oh, we need a high school shot clock, we need this, we need that. I agree that high school should definitely have a shot clock. But it's also like, are you that like where you you have to play a zone? You can't just go out and put uh, some pressure on them where they can't just hold it. I mean, there is some strategy to that, and I don't necessarily hate a school for stall for playing stall ball where it's the fact you literally cannot guard us in a half court setting, so we're just gonna hold it. Yeah, I get the strategy. I, it's funny you brought up basically my two things that I do agree with. I think there there ought to be a shot clock in high school ball nowadays. I mean, it's it's in college, it's in the pros. I don't care if it's 45 seconds. I don't care if it's 50 seconds. Whatever they come up with, yeah, there's an added cost to have the, the clock, you know, the guy that runs the clock, and you got to buy the hardware to hook it up to your scoreboard, but it's progress. you got to move forward. But I also agree with your point, just because the offensive team is holding the ball, well, there's an offense and there's a defense. The defense can come out and force the action. That's the only action. You know, I, I think that is part of the game as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely understand the strategy. I, I know different coaches have different philosophies and everything. I, I understand that. There's strategy. If you're saying you can't guard, you're playing a zone because you don't think you can guard us man-to-man, okay, cool, we'll, we'll just sit back here and hold it. Like, I get that. There's strategy. There's a side to me, though, that, like, I, I couldn't understand if a coach is okay playing that style of ball. Maybe it's just my personal mindset, my personal opinion. I, there's no way I would send my kids out there who we've been practicing all year and just tell them to hold the ball for 
10 minutes or whatever for a whole quarter. I, I just like com- the competitive side to me. There's no way I would want to play like that. Right. You know, but on the other side of that coin is maybe that coach, and again, I'm not. Just knows that they're so bad. Yeah, maybe that... they're, he's saying, hey, I'm competitive, and the only way we can possibly win this game is to do this. I understand that, too. That's why I do. That's lame. That's lame. Yeah. Compete. Like, it, like, what kind of message, what, what kind of, like, yeah, what kind of message are you, like, sending to your kids that you're saying we're not good enough, so we're just going to stand here and not play? No. So I remember this. So, and this actually kind of happened to me, not in an actual game, but in a scrimmage. We played Juan Westphalia in a scrimmage, mm-hmm. and I think we went up, like, 12-6 to 6 or something like that earlier, and they were an infamous, like, they just sit in a zone, like a 2-3 zone. Right. And we literally held, for the rest of the entire game, which is about 20 minutes, we held the we held the ball. And it just won twelve to six, and it was both coaches. You know, were being stubborn and weren't we weren't going to attack them in the zone, and they weren't going to come out and guard us. And I think I can see both both sides where it's like, one, we're winning, so I guess like we were just going to stall them out for possession or whatever and switch things up. But it's also like to them, one, it's a scrimmage. Like, why don't we just like play? Well, I scrimmage, scrimmage different. That's uh, like why would you ever stall in a scrimmage for God's sake? That's what we did. <laughs> I, so I guess that, that that's a debate. I, it's one of those things where it's like you want to win. And, I, and that's where I can see both sides. Like, oh, I, okay, I guess like we'll just win. Or, but it's also the part where you do kind of want to get some practice in. I don't know. Well, you just baffled my – you blew my mind there. <laughs> it's, even, stalled, it's, it's going stalled, into scrimmages. Stalled out in a scrimmage. For God's sake. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's put it this way. If you're in a district tournament game, and I, I hear what Matt's saying about it being lame. I, I, got, I get your feeling 100%, Matt. But, I mean, if you win the game 12-9 to 9 or something – would you be happy you stalled out and got the win? I don't think I'd be happy with that win. Okay. Maybe I'm maybe I'm saying it, I don't know, being thinking about my competitive. So obviously if you win the game you're going to be happy to move on to the next round. But you know, you always hear like did you leave everything out on the field or out on the floor or whatever court you're playing on, whatever field of play you're playing on. And are you really going to look your players in the eye and say like we left it all out there? Because we just stalled for 20 minutes? That's pretty lame to me. But, I, like, there's no way as a coach I would do that. That's why I want to shot. But is, it, but is it no? But, uh, but there's also the part to this where you don't agree with the fact that if a team physically – I have no problem with the coaches saying you flat out cannot guard us if we stand out here and we have all this open space. So I, got, I don't have a problem where if you have a lead – just holding it and forcing them, you're going to have to come out. Are you competitive or are you just going to accept a loss for stalling? Well, here's what I'll And complain about it afterward. i got to come completely clean on something here. Back in the back in my old City League playing days, right? Oh, my God. Now, I'm going to relay this story. <laughs> you'll, you'll appreciate it. You didn't it. do this in the City League. No, now listen to, my, listen to this, though. We had our tallest guy was six foot one, and the best team in the league had uh, 6'9", 6'9", 6'7", okay? And we were matched up against them. And we had a good team, but we were small ball all the way. We didn't stall, but we went to uh, a three-man weave and just... Dear God, what is this, 1973? It, it was, no, it was probably... <laughs> three-man weave. Well, we had the three-man weave, and we just uh, waited till somebody broke to the basket and then hit him with a bounce pass. We ended up upsetting them. Now, it wasn't a stall, but we were fairly deliberate running the offense. Is there a difference there? Would you, well, would that's, you think that's okay? I think that's... I think that's different because you're actually playing. Yes. I mean, you're you're actually attacking. You're actually using your strength to beat them. Like you're actually competing, and they were actually trying to guard you and compete. I mean, like you were better ball handlers. You were smaller, quicker. That was our strategy. In your competitive advantage. Yeah. Not just standing out there not competing. It's a sport. Like this is a competition. Yeah. I, I there's no way I could even like look the parents in the face after a game and be like I didn't think your kids were good enough so we just stalled for 20 minutes. Well, so well well, well, well so what okay let's say what if they would have just sat back and not guarded you out there would you have just like held it or are you going to go at them when they're just cr- they're playing basically uh, no, pack line defense we like have it's held it but the thing is it is two different scenarios I, I definitely don't like just hanging out of the ball at mid court but you don't why do people get mad at the team that holds it what about the team that that's just sitting there. I agree with like, you. Like, go play a defense. I, I even tweeted that. Go out and play defense. I agree with you. Yeah. But do we do we think there should be a shot clock? I think there How should. do you vote? I think there should be, but I think it should be, you know, a minute shot clock. No, something that where you can't physically just stall out an entire quarter, but where it pretty much almost has no effect on okay. the high school I game. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go as low as, like, a 24-second, like, the no. NBA or whatever. No. But, yeah, 50, whatever. Like, you guys, 50 seconds. Something to force some action. And then in end-of-the-game scenarios, 
maybe a little different story right now, right? I mean, if you're ahead by 10 points and you're down to two minutes in the game to go, do you see a problem holding the ball then? That's different. I mean, we we did that when when I played in high school. We would play basically play keep away if we had a lead. That I feel like that's a little different. You're forcing like, them you're, to you're follow still you. Competing like the defense is still trying to get the ball from you. Right. You know, if if you have the lead, like you said, by 10 under two minutes, the defense isn't just going to like sit back. You're still actually having to compete and keep the ball away from them. Well, I'll tell you what that that did get a little bit of uh, play on our social media site, didn't it? Yeah, I, I can see it both ways. Like I I just Personally, my opinion, there's no way my competitive side would, would let that fly. L-A-M-E, lame. lame. I'd be, <laughs> if I was in there, I'd be like, Coach, put me in. I'm not letting this fly. I'll, I'll go. I'll try and beat this team by myself if this is how we're going to play. They didn't do that in the ESPN uh, intramural, did they? I also can kind of respect uh, it, though, where both coaches will just say, but the thing is, if you lose that game, you can't complain if you're the defense. Right. But I also can respect it where they'll just say, all right, we're just, I guess we'll just stall out and both of us are just going to sit here forever. By the way, have you ever talked to your dad about this at all? Um, he did that once over in, I remember. A I remember, I'm pretty sure in Perry. the year he beat Ovid Elsie, like the one year he came in as like an interim coach where this was basically their entire strategy was just to play, quote unquote, the offense was literally called delay. Delay. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Uh, I got one. That was our play, yep, delay. You had that play? Yep. Literally called oh, delay. We would, only, we would <laughs> only use it at the end of the game if we were up. Right. And we were so much better than everyone, we could just keep the ball away. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I got one more topic myself. I don't know if you guys have any other topics. No. This is going to come out of the blue to you. Coronavirus? Oh, God. Real or not real? Are we worried about it? I at first I wasn't literally at all, and I've heard conflicting reports where you'll see on Twitter like an actual doctor like this is the the media is overblowing it. I think it's a little bit that it's getting overblown by media members, but I also do think it's it's a little bit bigger of a deal than like what Ebola was or you know some of the other kind of quote unquote scares we've had. So I I don't think it's like I'm am I losing sleep at night? Not not at all. But I do think it's something to maybe keep an eye on. How about you, Matt? Uh, kind of the same. I, I mean, I definitely think it's real because there's confirmed cases of it, and even now in the U.S., but definitely in other countries, Italy and Korea, China, and everywhere. But yeah, I think it's maybe it's not going to be like uh, the Black Plague or whatever that's going to like end the world or something like that. Like some people are trying to make it seem like. I, I mean, I think it's one of those like you need to take the same precautions that you would would during flu season probably shouldn't be licking doorknobs or you probably shouldn't be making out with random coworkers or letting people sneeze all over your face like wash your hands and you know take those precautions absolutely i agree and you know if you look up stats i haven't looked them up totally but you know last year i think there was like 18,000 deaths from the flu and the year before it was like 16,000 you know when this is all said and done how many people are really going to die from this as compared to just the regular flu, I, I I think it's, I think it's serious. I think we all agree that you know you just use the same kind of precautions you would normally, but I I just think it's a little bit overblown. Mm-hmm. Personally, my own personal thought, and you know once it gets into the media, well, it's kind of sad how big of a death time to cut you up, but it's kind of sad how big would you like. And I, I keep going back to the Ebola because yeah. that was the, kind of the last thing that was like this, where it was like maybe I don't I don't I don't know specifically, but it was like maybe you know 10 people died it was such a low insignificant right. number but if you would just watch the news you would think that literally like matt said the black plague was coming oh yeah it's huge i mean the, you had the zika virus but like even yep. like they said ebola they were the, when you'd see the news every night there was somebody in the hazmat outfit treating somebody yeah. you know that had it and it's the same thing with this yeah i think it's something just to be be aware of and and be be uh cautious out there that's all you know i don't know if you'd want to be flying all over the place to china or wherever yeah. right now but let's see what happens when we get to the spring yeah I, I will be honest that when we were walking around disney i mean obviously the crowds at disney are just insane there were some times that like if there were some a bunch of kids coughing or some sneezing or something <laughs> sure. that it was kind of like uh, you know you have that like in the back of your yeah. mind you know like where did you come from did you just like come from italy or something like that mm-hmm. like but at the same time i mean we were we were using hand sanitizer after every ride, and we yep. were doing stuff like that. Just, I don't know. You probably should do that at a place like Disney anyway with uh-huh. all the different people touching everything and coughing and breathing on everything. Well, heck, you think about everything that you touch. You know, I've, every, We all know about going in and out of public bathrooms and grabbing the handle, but something as simple as pumping gas. Yep. <laughs> you know, how often do you walk, put sanitizer on your hand after Never. you pump gas? 
right? I, I swear it was probably some stupid thing on Facebook, but I swear I saw just a, d- a day or two ago. It probably might have even been fake because of this coronavirus, but it said, like, a gas pump has more germs on it than your toilet or something <laughs> ridiculous. I feel like that's always like, yeah, it's always yeah. like more than the toilet. Right. How are, where, where are we on, I'm not going to lie, unless it's a number two, I don't wash my hands ever. <laughs> Now, and maybe that's gross. That's just who I am. About this. I've said this to some friends before. I mean, sometimes it's gross. If you're at work and you're, like, in front of all your, like, coworkers or other people, you need at least fake washing your yep. hands. <laughs> yeah. No, I do that. But sometimes I think, like, I don't know if this is getting a little too TMI, but I'm like, how, like, the people who are like, you have to wash your hands every time after you pee, you know, the people who right. are, like, diehard, like, extreme about it. I'm like... I don't know, man. Like, I just took a shower. I don't think my junk is that dirty. Like, I didn't touch anything else. I didn't touch the urinal. I didn't touch the yep. door. I didn't touch anything else. I just peed. Like, how gross is are, is your junk that you think you have to, like, wash your hands every time you pee? I, th- I think that's a guy thing. You're right. I mean, I women out there are going to say, you got to wash your hands, <laughs> yeah. right? That might be a little different. You know, they're... They're going into a stall. I mean, yeah. Oh, no, no. I'm, I mean, they're saying men need to wash their right, hands right. every time. But Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I definitely do at least, like, splash my hands around. Now, yeah. But. Boy, we definitely ended this one on a, quite a note. <laughs> Just, you guys got anything else you want to bring up? There are. So that, I, I will say, like, I know your guys' <laughs> places of work and everything, I know you probably definitely have the people who don't wash their hands and they have that reputation. Right. So that's what I mean. Like, at work, Jared, yep. you're, you're getting into the workforce. At least wash your hands so you don't have that reputation. There you go. Good advice the, for the young the guy buck. that doesn't wash his hands in the bathroom. I go in there, I just kind of splash my hands around for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> if a guy's, like, washing his hands, it's like, I'll, 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 like, take a little extra time buckling my pants. If he walks out of the bathroom before I'm out, I'll just walk right out behind him. Wow, the truth serum is out tonight. That's all I can say. You guys got anything else you want to add to this podcast before we wrap it up? <laughs> I've even done it. My mom will hear me. She'll yell, wash your hands. Wash your hands. I'll, I'll go into the bathroom and just turn on the faucet for, like, 30 seconds and then walk out. I kind of just uh, docked, or uh, what's the word, outed myself. But I, whatever. I think we should have probably saved this for some bar talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just keep hand sanitizer on you. That's right, which I do. All right, let's wrap this thing up, guys. It's been a lot of fun. And also, all our listeners out there, be sure to subscribe. Make sure you wash your hands. Rate us on all the big podcasting sites, including Apple Podcast and SoundCloud. It's absolutely free. It helps us continue to grow. Send your comments on topics or guest suggestions to Three Point Pod. Support our Three Point Podcast partners. Tell them you listen to uh, our partners include Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, The Corona Public Schools, and Promec Engineering. Also, be sure to check out our network friends at Sports Radio Detroit. And we want to thank our special guest, Connor Muldowney of Spartan Avenue and at Saturday Blitz for talking a little Spartan sports with us. Thanks again for listening to us and supporting Three Point Podcast.